Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. maybe eight nights but i only see tens you think your hair is a mess take a look at my life (laughs) 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 meanwhile his hair is perfect there's a little editor's note oh my god (laughs) i asked so many people like to help me out with that on like social media and people went crazy so when we put this out i want to like post a bunch of people's things they were coming up with the funniest thing like really good. I I have to tell you. So I do a new tagline in every single episode of Andy's Girls. And we're on episode 269, but also like a million. So I have done well over 200 taglines. And at this point, it's like, hey, how are you? <laughs> I just pull something out of my ass. Truly, I can't believe I haven't like duplicated i'm sure i have i'm um, actually shocked uh, by that subconsciously that's some good commitment i'm very very shocked by that wow um and yet i had a a friend who works on one of the franchises uh reached out and was like hey if you have any ideas for like a tag for so and so and i truly had none no way that's (laughs) it was like i can't think of any i'm so i said like the stupidest (laughs) one that was like an embarrassment it was so bad and it's supposed to be so personal to that person so and, and you and i you know we yeah. t- we take this stuff really seriously so it's like you don't want to mess that As up yeah 
Um, a hundred percent. And it's also super specific to the season. So without having, I should have asked, I should have been like, can you send me like 10 or 15 episodes <laughs> and then I will let you know, just, just from an academic <laughs> perspective, I just want to study you charity work really is what I'm doing. Oh, exactly. Bless my heart. Honestly. <laughs> Um, listen, I need to bless the heart of today's guest. He's new to the People's People's Couch, but I mean, my God, I'm already thinking, going, can you come back? You know him as celebrity colorist, co-founder of the hair care brand DP Hugh, and cast member of Very Cavallari, Justin Anderson. Welcome to Andy's Girls. This is so exciting. I mean, this is honest to God, my favorite topic in the entire world is talking about housewives. So this is the place for me. <laughs> Recently, I've been talking a lot on social media saying, you know what, like, you fuckers can't let me talk about the housewives anymore because everyone gets so fired up. I mean, there's so much happening in housewife world. Mm. That, and I talk super open about it because I'm not a hater. I'm a lover of all of them. And I'm so thankful for housewives in our mm -hmm. lives that mm -hmm. I want to talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. But people lately have gotten so passionate about it because such big things are happening that my DMs, I couldn't even go into them anymore. People were like, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you're standing by so-and-so, or I can't believe you're picking this. I'm like, you guys are nuts. Like, we're allowed to disagree on things, and we're allowed to get excited about certain people and not love other ones. I pretty much love pretty much everyone. Like, I'm kind of like, I see the good. the good. I see the, entertain mm. and I see the entertainment in all of them. So I, mm -hmm. I have that kind of like an objective look at, at all of them. And people, I find, lately want to hate certain people. And I don't get into that. Well, it's also gone from you must hate this person to if you do not hate this person, if you do not feel the level of anger that I feel about this person, I will ruin you. Yes. You're wrong, and I'm going to drag you until forever, which is a wild take. A wild take. No, the amount of people who would write things being like, Justin, I've loved you for a really long time and I've followed you on Instagram for a long time, but I have to unfollow you now. Like, I just can't stand by what you're saying. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's where, that's where we've got to now. Also, like, yes, recently, like, we're there. like, Megan McCain on The View, she's a friend of mine uh, on social media uh -huh. and all that kind of stuff. And we always joke around with each other and I love her. We're very different in our ways of the world, but we have fun talking about housewives. And she had posted a mm -hmm. picture of Erica Jane and I was like, woohoo, love you girls or whatever. Just made some fun comment. And people wrote to me saying, I just saw that you commented on Megan's thing. Like, I can't believe that you A like Megan and that you're talking about Erica. Like, it's just like, you guys are crazy. Like, it's just, it's gotten so bad. Well. Do you notice that at all? Or is it just me with the duck with the dog? It is. Do I agree with, truly any of Megan's takes about how I'm sure I actually have. I know that I vehemently disagree with her take about certain housewives topics. And I do want to get your thoughts, but can I just ask you, speaking of this conversation, what was the one or two, you know, you giving feedback, sharing your thoughts about housewives that created the biggest reaction pro or con? Like, is there a moment recently or overall where you're like, oh, I think this person, yada, yada. And that is the moment that you got so much strong feedback. Yeah. Can you think of one or two in particular? No, just recently with the whole Erica Jane thing, you know, I come from a place mm. of, if I'm very, very honest, I'm not a big Erica Jane Be fan. I'm not a big mm. Erica Jane fan. I appreciate her. I think she's great TV and she's fun. I've always loved her outfits mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not like a ride or die Erica guy. 
And when all this Erica stuff happened, I talk into my Instagram all day long. Like I love to have conversations. I talk to people. I love to engage. Like I really enjoy it. So I, and I always talk about housewives. So I was talking about Erica Jane. I was like, you guys, here's the thing. Like this stuff, it, we're all getting it in real time. You know, yes. while the while the gossip stuff was coming out, then the show's airing. And I'm like, we still haven't got all the facts yet. I was like, I come from the place of like, I want to wait to be an Erica hater. I don't want to say fire mm -hmm. her, get rid of her. I can't stand her. I can't believe her. I'm like, we're still like, we still have a lot to learn. And people were like, I can't believe you're saying that. What about the victims? And I'm like, first of all, I want the victims to get everything they deserve. And I think the victims are the real victims here. But I can also see that like, Erica in her own way, in her own world on this show is her own type of a victim. You know, like she, mm -hmm. it, if it is the way that she's saying it is and she had no idea and she was married to this man for all these years, she thought she was married to a man with tons of money. If, the, if she was totally blindsided, then I, I do. I feel bad for her. And I, I do. I don't think she knew. I really, really don't. And I found I, I find that people are really angry about that. And I think that that just might be in me as a person. I've been in the celebrity world for so long and I've seen gossip and tabloids mm -hmm. forever about people that I know really closely that I work with, that I'm friends with. So I really always come from a place of like, I don't believe the gossip sites. I don't believe that stuff. Stuff changes constantly. And if I get in trouble, if I'm totally wrong, if it comes out that Erica is the biggest criminal in the world, I will absolutely be like, holy shit, I was bamboozled, you know, by by the tablets, but I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with showing a little bit of grace and kind of watching and take it all in. But, but I also get why people hate her, but I don't think that people should mm -hmm. hate me for not jumping on the hate train. Does that make sense? Well, it totally does. And I think a couple things, one, you know, I had crystal on AG while um, the season was uh, still very much still airing. It was like shortly before they filmed the reunion and she made the point, which other people have made, which I, I don't know if it's like I refuse to understand it, but like it's such a good point, which is like when we're watching the show, we have the benefit of knowing a ton of information that these women are truly only discovering yes. for the first time. And like we know from what Bethany has told us with which Andy and Kyle have both acknowledged, she shared with them a couple years prior some, you know, rumors she had heard through Dennis about Tom, but they were rumors. You he people hear gossip, including in similar industries, in the world of finance, in the world of like these large scale legal cases. So just because someone heard a rumor about someone doesn't mean that that holds water over anything. And then it turns out that there was an extremely deeply fucked up situation happening that these women are reacting to. And the other complication is that, and this is going to sound insensitive and it's not meant to be because obviously the victim's first, yada, yada, but this is a show about Erica. It's a show about housewives. So the perspective is not going to be centered around um, uh, the absolute victims of this huge, terrible situation. It's going to be centered around Erica and her friends' reactions. It can be centered around Erica's absolutely nonsensical vile social media about it where she's like celebrating it where she's like you know why the reunion's a big hit because of me like for him like it's gonna it's gonna we can talk about that but the reality is like 
we can talk about the importance of centering the victims, but that's not the the show is not built or the show was not made for this kind of crime to occur. Exactly. So it's just, there's a discrepancy there that that is just going to continue to exist. No, you're absolutely right. That that's exactly how I feel too. And um, the show the show is not about that. It's about Erica. I will say, even with what I was saying earlier, do I think that Erica didn't act in the best way? Yeah, but that's also Erica. We always knew that Erica was never going to be a person right. who was going to cry and say she's sorry. She's going to yeah, stay she's kind of a dick. Yeah, she's going to stay strong. And that, I, but I think that's her personality. And I also think that that for me, if you really read into what we know about Erica. I think that's because in her heart, she thinks she's absolutely right. She she thinks like the truth is going to come out and I'm going to be able to flick all these people off. If she knew in the back of her mind that she really was guilty and she knew, I think she would play it a little bit differently. And that's just my opinion. That's, that's just my opinion. That's just me like, <laughs> that's just me kind of like, this is how I kind of see it. You know, I think that like she's being a dick because she's pissed that everyone's being a dick to her. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting. I, and there is a part of me that feels bad for her. When she was crying, I felt so bad. I also know Erica from the LA world. I used to see Erica come into the salon that I worked at for years before she was on The Housewives. And she was the same kind of stoic, wouldn't really talk to anyone. She's not friendly and warm. So do I think that she's the type of person that's going to cry and like reach out to the victims through the real housewife platform. No, I think that like, she's going to treat this like a business. She's going to go through the trial. She's, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I just, I, I'm not shocked like everyone else is with that kind of stuff. I also think there's a difference between what I would consider in her mind, justifiable anger about the anger that's coming at her that she feels is not deserved versus anger toward her husband for these crimes that are committed, which I don't see. And I think based on her current legal strategy, she's arguing that it maybe didn't exist. Like that these crimes, like the, the idea of crime, you know, she goes on the reunion. She's like, listen, if this stuff is proven asterisk, a lot of it has been like in court has been proven and he obviously cannot deliver the money that was already awarded that's gone MIA if, you know, she makes a point of saying, you know, you know, like depending on like the valuation of how much this person was taken advantage of where there's a value system that they are setting to these victims that feels like it is not including the idea that what happened happened. And that can be a legal strategy. I get it. But the other side to this is she did not and still to me has not exhibited anger, genuine anger toward her husband. And yet when she's asked that by Crystal, by other people, she says, well, you can tell I'm angry because I'm getting angry at you. Is that enough? There, There's like in the word I always think about in the words of like Jennifer Aniston talking about Brad Pitt, there's a sensitive sensitivity chip that's missing. And it also makes me question if she really understands what happened and how much of that is related to her thinking like, I shouldn't have to be punished for this, even if my lifestyle was funded with stolen funds. Yeah, yeah. And I also think the thing that a lot of people are missing, because people keep, they'll always say like, and I'm talking about like DMs and comments that I get and all this kind of stuff. People mm-hmm. are like, if it were me, and it's like, you guys, we can't try to compare ourselves to Erica Jane, because also Erica Jane, she is she is kind of a shut off, aloof person. She's not showing emotion. 
I would lose my mind. I'd be crying in the street, begging for forgiveness. What can we do? I'd be wanting to do like a fundraiser and stuff. But I'm not Erica Jane. You know, like she has her own way of dealing with this. And I think that you're on a platform. And I think she has this fear that if she starts crying and saying she's sorry and she's talking about the victims, then people will even cave on her even more. The way they're tearing on her now, if she starts saying that, they're going to say, see, she is guilty. So I don't know. I just don't think that there's any way that she can win right now. I think I counter with that a little in the idea that, listen, there's a legal strategy, which I am not an attorney. I just play one on TV. Like there's a legal strategy that absolutely includes the idea, potentially the idea that if she acknowledges feeling sorry, that can be tapped into when it comes to figuring out how much of this she's going to have to pay back, how much is going to be awarded, what happens in these civil claims. And and there are numerous ones. However, she not only is showing a lack of, of true empathy and or a reaction that, that uh, includes the idea that her husband did do something terrible to people who were vulnerable, right. who put their faith in him. Not only is that not present, but she seems to be with her online persona making a joke. Of yeah, it. no, the idea totally. that I, like how much of it is her ego, how much of it is a defense mechanism. You can be cold as cold as the day is fucking long. You know, it's goddamn winter time here in New York. <laughs> so, like, I have no problem with cold, but the insensitivity of it, she does exhibit cruelty, which is different to me. She. She does exhibit a very reactionary and sometimes cruel ability to like inflict a certain something from them. And it could be because she's in a lot of pain and it could be because she's like spiraling. I get it. But I don't know. Like you gotta try to see the other. And I say that to her because I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> you know, like you've gotta like, <laughs> like where's the where where there is a sensitivity chip that's missing that is on her. A hundred percent there is. And like, look, I know that like people even probably listen to this podcast, like, what the fuck is this guy saying? I'm not I I do think this is crazy. I I just didn't expect that from her anyways. I didn't expect her to show sympathy. I totally get You know that. what I mean? I totally get And that. I will say that when I watched the reunion, I was like cringing. I was like, I can't believe she's acting this way. She wasn't acting sad at all or anything. But again, I'm like, but that's Erica. Like, she's not going to back down. I feel like this is a woman from since she was a kid, abandonment issues, her mom issues with her mom, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. she feels like she has to take care of Erica because no one is going to take care of Erica. And the one person she thought was going to take care of Erica for all those years Tom Girardi just uh, dogged her. So like she is shut down right now. So I come from that place where I'm like, I do. There's a part of me that feels really sorry for this woman. Like, and I just don't like to, to crap on people when their world is shattering around them because I'm afraid of really scary things happening to people. I mean, I'm just, I'm a pussycat at the end of the day. Like <laughs> with that kind of stuff, I, I, you know, I have such an opinion mm-hmm. about it, but I, I do. I just feel like I want to wait and I want to see. I want it to all come out. And if she's a total dick, we find out that she knew everything and she's still being like, it's like, yeah, tear her down. But I don't know. I just don't like the online hate. It's just exhausting. I mean, if you scroll through Erica Jane's comments, I mean, I'm just like, I can't believe people mm-hmm. exist like this. Like, do they, I, but I mean, it's people go too wild online for anything. So because the stakes are so high with this, it's like, let's not, if you really despise Erica and her behavior and her reactions to things, don't give her an excuse 
to shy away from talking about stuff by sending and saying vile things because then the conversation becomes she received this vile thing which no one deserves death threats or anything like that first off it's inappropriate and dangerous to communicate in that way online but also you are doing her a favor because the narrative can shift and say she's not worthy of or deserving of constructive criticism because this is the kind of criticism she's getting yes. so you're like chopping off the dialogue at its knees yes but the other thing with the eric of it all is the reality is we're never gonna know and and to me I don't want to say it's like ignorant of me, but it's it's slightly disingenuous of me, I think, when I say it doesn't matter. Because I've said that several times. To me, it's not that it doesn't matter. I'm taking that back. <laughs> it absolutely matters. <laughs> it abs I would do great on a reunion. I'd be like, let me just shift gears from what I said three seconds ago and say literally eight other things. Um, Dr. Wendy, if you're listening, I've changed my mind about her at, at least eight to 12 times in the last 24 hours. But, um, with Erica, to me, the more interesting question is not, did she know? Because we will literally never know. But to me, the question is, did she benefit from this? Is she understanding that she benefited from all of this fucking money that was not theirs to spend. Right. Which right. she was able to invest in being on BH. Like part of the Erica Jane of it all is forty, fifty thousand dollars a month in glam. Right. Like all of that tied into the mystique that she is still attempting to continue on social. Meanwhile, PK's like, like, babe, like it's you're different now. The narrative is different. Stop doing this thing because we keep thinking how did you get to that point of being like diamonds and rosé right and that's an interest i mean like that's a i think a nuanced right. conversation to have it's funny too because when i would talk about erica people would say there's no way i've been married for 20 years and i know everything about my husband or there's no way blah blah there are so many women i worked in my whole career was doing hair color in beverly hills i worked on all mm. of these women Massive mm. celebrities, my my client list, Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Chelsea Handler, <gasps> and Miley Cyrus. I do all the huge, I have done all the huge A-list and that's me just uh, mm. sh uh, shooting my shit, telling everybody my thing. But then mm. I've also done all the reality stars. Reality stars are the real celebrities to me. Like I freak out when I meet, like when I would meet reality stars. And the thing that I'm trying to get to is all of these real housewives in Beverly Hills, like actual clients of mine who lived in Beverly Hills, right. whatever. When I would ask these women about their husband's job, no one could explain to me what their husband did for a living. Like these women, these women would come in with alligator Birkin bags, like the biggest diamond you've ever seen, Cartier mm. watches, Rolexes, whatever. And, yes. and I would get into the conversation with them. I'd get closer and closer to these women because I became really close with all my clients. And I would say, oh, what kind of work does your husband do for a living? And she would say something really vague, like Jen Shaw would say about her job. And I'd say, oh, but what does that mean? And they're like, to be honest, I have no idea what my husband does. Like, these women don't know where the money comes from. So when people would say to me, Erica Jane, no, she knows where her husband's money comes from. I'm like, no, this was a woman who thought she married the richest lawyer, the most powerful, richest lawyer in L.A., and she trusted it. She's not asking questions. And then you have to remember a man like, Tom Girardi is not answering her question. You know, like she, so she's just trusting, she's just taking the money. Is that disgusting to the rest of the world? Absolutely. That will never make sense to the majority of us, but it happens a lot in Beverly Hills. People have no idea what their husband is making. I'll say I've been with my partner for eight years now. He has, wow. we've never talked about money. He never asked me where any of my money, and I'm the breadwinner in our family. My, my, 
partner takes care of we're engaged we're not married yet but he takes <gasps> thank you he takes care of um our house and our whole life like our life would fall apart without him but he never asked me a thing about money you know i have my own hair care line now and so we sell and then you, you know i i make money in lots of different ways real estate and i did hair for all those years and then my hair care line mm. he never asked me anything like he has no idea how much money's coming in at all I could be selling drugs and he literally would have no idea. So I don't know. I just, I do think there's a lot of people who are in relationships who don't know things. And that actually brought up a really com good conversation between my partner and I, uh, his nickname is Scoot. That's what we all call him, but Scoot. And I started talking about, it. I was like, Scoot, you need to know, you need to know everything about yes, our finances. Exactly. You need to see everything. And also because if heaven forbid something happened to me, you need to know where everything mm -hmm. is. You need to be able to answer all the questions. It actually brought out a conversation in our relationship. So people can't go to that place being like, I know everything about my husband. It's like, yeah, because you're in a normal relationship. Erica Jane and Tom Girardi were never in a normal relationship. She didn't marry this guy when he was 20 and she was 18 and they grew this mm -hmm. fortune together. She walked into a fortune. She thought he had a legitimate fortune and he fooled her. The guy we have figured out is the ultimate con artist. He fooled her. It happens a lot. It happens a lot, and yet, listen, it's like when people start talking about like, oh, you know, this this comes up in um, part four of um, Potomac uh, with uh, Nikki talking to the women, which guys I'll get into on this weekend's AG, but the conversation around if you had a billion dollars, would you still marry your husband, which is an interesting conversation. I it's love also, that question. Right? It's fabulous. And it's such a it's such a good question. And it's also the idea that like, listen, your partner may or may not literally be on set. But regardless of that, I get why people would be like, of course I still would marry Michael Darby. Like he's no, such a you wonderful wouldn't. No, man. Like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> but like you maybe wouldn't. And that's so I to me, it's okay if a part of the reason that you wanted to be with this person was for security or financial security. People love to drag each other, speaking of social, on social for making that kind of decision, which like, how is that not attractive to a person? It, it feels like, it feels odd to me. It doesn't have to be the only reason, and but it's just a different thing that a person can think about or value, which I say in a non-critical way, people value certain things and a lot of it is based on how you experienced childhood. Maybe you had a really insecure childhood where there was financial insecurity or emotional insecurity, and you look at money being provided as a as a form of stability, Ability. which is really attractive. That is very attractive, and a lot of people are attracted to stability. You're attracted to, like, some. you want a partner who's stable, who can take care of things. And I don't think, you know, like, again, being from the Beverly Hills world, like I understand women who are attracted to men who have power, men who have power are narcissists and they suck and your life mm. ends up sucking. But I understand the initial attraction to that. I understand attraction to somebody who has a big lifestyle. Like you think that that will make your lifestyle greater, but, but it all goes down to back to stability. This man feels secure. He feels confident. Narcissists are very attractive at the beginning. So it happens. Mm. It happens all the time. And it's not some big shocker. The rest of us who are in relationships for love and we've grown with our partners and we've built our lives together, yeah, we're the lucky ones, but that's not always the case. There are a lot of people 
who have the opposite. Like, I think Erica walked into this big, fabulous life and she just trusted it for all those years. Do I think there were points where she was like, wait a second, where actually is all this money coming from? And now it feels like a lot of money. I absolutely think she probably thought about that at different points. But A, if she would have asked Tom, he would have been like, Erica, don't even ask those questions, blah, blah, whatever. Or B, I don't think she, I don't think she ever asked the question. I think it was just kind of like, okay, this money's coming in. So I don't know, is she at fault for that? Yeah, that's, that's weird to the, to, the, to the rest of us. But I think that it just straight up happened. And we're seeing it all crash on her. I mean, there is also such a good point. There is also the idea of like, did Erica know versus when did Erica find out? Right. You know, because that's an interesting when it comes to like the connection between this and this divorce. You know, there is some gray (laughs) shit there that's like, I think this is connected (laughs) regardless of how you feel. I think there was like if I had to guess because we're all speculating, right? I bet you love it. I bet there was a period probably two years ago or so where all of a sudden she was like, wait, things are starting to get weird. She said she heard about lawsuits happening, whatever. I right. bet there was she got a, Yeah, I bet there was a point where it's like, okay, wait, this is getting weird. So I think that then she started setting herself up to leave. Okay, so there's that. My thing is, she never would have went on to the housewives wearing all that shit, getting onto private planes, spending the money had she known it was dirty money. Never. No person with a brain would ever go on a reality show showing off fake money. They wouldn't, unless you were Jen Shaw. But Jen Shaw, that's, I was about to say that, but that's Jen Shaw's whole character. Like that's Jen Shaw's dirty money. She walked in with that dirty money. She, she is a classic narcissist in my opinion. Like she grosses me out. I don't understand how Jen Shaw is not being dragged through the coals half of the way that Erica Jane was. And I'll, I think it's because Erica's white and blonde. I'll say it. I think it's easier to be, they get mad at her. I think there's this thing like, mm-hmm. why aren't people ripping down Jen for like Jen's not getting half of what Erica got. And that like blows my mind. Why was it so easy for everyone to hate Erica? I don't feel it from Jen. I totally hear you. And I do think that there is something to be said about the fact that Erica is being given a a sympathy edit. And that lens may have something to do with the fact that she's white and blonde. Absolutely. And also obviously Jen is the one being accused of these crimes that were committed, not only being accused of the crimes but being accused of being like the ringleader of all of these crimes, which you would think would provide even more of a stronger critique. And I think a little bit of this also has to do with the fact that, and this is like, I'm, I'm truly not trying to be a dick. It's probably drinking. I'm not trying to be an asshole. It just comes so easy. Um, (laughs) That's a future tagline. But the idea that like Jen is also kind of a joke, like what was the expectation for Jen? It's, terrible that this stuff has happened i just watched the hulu documentary and i'm again gonna get into that guys big potomac big jen shaw hulu doc on this weekend's app uh it's like something was afoot shall we say certainly had no idea it was this i just like she was able to, you know, capitalize on the idea that when, when someone says the internet, some of us are like, that makes sense. You just said the internet. So that's good enough for me. Like, I don't understand. Um, if you only use 140 characters, that sounds about right, because that's the way my brain has been reformatted. But there is something to be said for the fact that she is, she's like, 
she was so messy yeah. her first season that it wasn't as big a surprise because when you think of right, like right. Tom Girardi versus Jennifer Shaw, there's a little bit of a difference in scale, in perception right. and scale. Right. Jen Shaw was never seen as this somewhat innocent person pursuing the idea of like justice for the downtrodden right. she was someone who spent eighty thousand dollars on a party to her, for herself and invited a friend whose birthday it happened to be you know what i'm saying like there was like a there wasn't like the idea of generosity of spirit that was necessarily present right no you're absolutely right i mean it was it was such a shock for the whole world when it happened with tom and mm. tom and erica and, you know, the crazy thing is, too, a lot of people were saying, you know, how would you not know your husband's a lawyer? How does a lawyer make all that money? He wasn't just a lawyer. Tom Girardi was the biggest lawyer. I remember mm -hmm. one of my clients was actually, um, I won't say any names, but one of my clients for a really long time in L.A. was one of Tom's partners. And when we would talk about Tom way before the housewives, because mm -hmm. she would, she saw Eric in the salon at one point, and we are everyone. Oh my God, I'm gonna give away a lot of secrets right now. This isn't bad oh, though. Wait, you're safe space. It safe was space. it was in public. Okay, Erica Jane used to come into the salon before the housewives, and everyone knew who she was because she'd come in and she was all decked out. I think she was she'd come in with her driver or whatever. She had one like a seven carat ring on one hand and an eleven carat on the mm -hmm. other. So everyone called her Seven Eleven in the salon, but none of it. But but none of but none of us knew who but but none of us knew who she was. So she got her hair done at the salon, and we'd all call her Seven Eleven, but no one knew who it was. So one time, my client, who I'd done for many years, was in the salon, and Seven Eleven was in the salon, and she said, "Oh my God, um, that's Eric Jardy." She's like, "That's my husband's partner's wife," and she started telling me all these stories that I'm not going to repeat these, but they're kind of embarrassing stories about how Tom and Erica met and how nobody at the firm took her seriously at all. Like nobody would talk mm -hmm. to her. They didn't treat her like his wife because they thought she was such mm -hmm. a joke. They called, they said really nasty things about her. Mm -hmm. Even this woman was like, no one will talk to her in the firm or whatever. Um, and so when I was asking her, I was like, oh, how does her husband have all that money though? She clearly looks like she has a ton of money. She's like, she's like, he's the biggest lawyer like in the United States. Like Aaron Brockovich, that was his case. He, yeah. he won the hundred million dollars and that wasn't even one of his biggest cases, you know? So it's like right. the guy had shitloads of money. So when people are saying he was just a lawyer, how did she not know? He wasn't just a lawyer. This guy was making massive amounts of money and, or he was fooling everyone, but everyone in town thought it. Everyone believed that this guy had endless amounts of money well it's the also the idea of perception is reality and my favorite part of discussing and watching the housewives is because the theme of housewives so often is perception is reality and yet we're going to watch it fall apart and it doesn't usually involve stakes as far as like in federally discovered you know fraud crime yada it's often the idea that it looks like i have this happy marriage it looks like i have a lot of money it looks like i have a lot of power or renown in society or whatever else and then the more you get to know a person the more complicated their story their character the price that they paid to get to the yes point. that's su superficial and i don't mean that in a, in a critical way but like the top layer of skin style person 
what was the cost of that? Like, is it that you're in a relationship with someone who does not want to hear the sound of your voice? Is it that you are in a position where you don't feel like you're e- you're able to to work outside of the home or your partner only looks at you in a certain way where your opinion doesn't matter? Yeah. Is it a situation where like you have these friends, but they're all pieces of shit? Like that is on a larger scale that feels instinctively, intrinsically escapist because it's usually dealing with, you know, the LVP diamonds and rosé of it all. That's what attracts people to these shows. But I think the reason that we stay and the reason that we're so connected to it is because of some of that. I always think of it as like some of the shards of glass within us all, you know, like that's sort of the tension of it, but it's also the attraction. Um, Absolutely. Which which people are complicated. Our opinions can be complicated. Our instincts can be complicated. The reasons that we're sometimes triggered by housewives can be complicated. That's kind of like the human experience and maybe the Bravo fan experience as well, you know? Absolutely. Totally. Oh my God. You and I are diehards. Um, I am dying for this. I also appreciate uh, connected to what we said at the start with someone who has opinions that, I might not necessarily not not just like agree with, but I might not necessarily see, which shows the power of housewives in that like we can have very different experiences, let alone thoughts about these shows that we're watching, which makes it endlessly fascinating. And it's also to me much more interesting to have conversations where someone is saying something that I either haven't thought of, yes, or necessarily feel myself because yes, the fucking point of talking. Well, and here's the thing: anybody listening out there, you right now have made me like I've gone back and forth again with Erica here. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, maybe I do hate her, maybe I'll whatever. And then I start to explain mm-hmm. my side. We're going back and forth. So here's the thing: like we're, mm-hmm. we, like we said, we don't know the answers. We're never really going to know all the answers. But it's okay to have this back and forth. That's why this is a TV show. It's why it's enjoyable, you know? Um, So months from now, and I even said this when I got into hot water about Britney Spears, because I was like, I was the the whole free free Britney movement because I'm connected to certain people in LA. Everyone's like, Justin, why aren't you screaming for more stuff about Britney? And I was always saying, I want to hear more before I say anything. And also, why the fuck Mm. is my opinion any good anyways? But I was on a podcast one time and I was talking about Britney and I was like, I just want to hear more things or whatever. And this was a year ago. But I'm totally on board with Free Britney. I have it on my Instagram, whatever. Well, then um, when when Britney was out of her conservatorship, I started getting all this hate message being like, I heard you on this. It was a big podcast. And they're like, I heard you on the podcast and you weren't being supportive of Britney. I was like, that was a year, a year and a half. It was actually a year and a half ago. And I was just asking questions. And my voice isn't huge. So what I'm saying is a year from now, if Erica Jane is in prison, I'm not sitting here saying I think Erica's um, innocent. I'm saying I want to just like, I'm watching just like everyone else. I'm asking questions. What if this happened? What if she had no idea? You know, so it's a conversation. Well, it's also the idea. It's the idea of normalized changing your mind based on new information. Yes, you can like, change your mind. information that we didn't, that most people didn't know that came out in that hearing when Brittany was, God forbid, allowed to use her voice and whatever punishment she feared would happen as a result of that, the stakes were too high for her to not, which she had wanted. It was the first time that someone had, God forbid, allowed her to talk about the reality of the prison that she has been in for 13 years. Uh, it was the first time for many people because of the power of the conservatorship that 
people were understanding of what happened as a result of yes. this. The fact that she couldn't make medical decisions, the fact that she couldn't drive a car, the fact that she, you know, would be punished with like being forced medication if she didn't uh, agree to do certain things professionally. She couldn't see her kids. Like the threats of that, all of that was new information. So if you were a person in the world a year ago who didn't know any of that and also did not want to potentially criticize someone who could be in a situation dealing with mental health or yes. some other kind of medical concern. I mean, people didn't know until they knew. So like there are many situations going on where we may have huge opinions or we may say, wait and see. Obviously the Britney stuff is a little different in the sense that, you know, um, it, it, the stakes again are incredibly high but it, it is possible that people can change their mind yeah. based on new information or information for the first time truly being publicly yeah. shared. The Britney thing is like a whole other podcast. But I, the reason I say it's yeah. like I got into a lot of hot water because of my opinion, not even my opinion, just things I was saying casually like we're doing right now mm -hmm. a year and a half ago and people got really angry about it. But I mean, there were the Britney stuff is fucking crazy now that we hear even more mm -hmm. of the fact. I was lied to when I was in LA by people really close because I'm a diehard Britney mm -hmm. fan. Uh, I know Jamie Lynn Spears pretty well. I've worked with her a bunch of times. And there were text messages, pictures that I was shown, you know, that it was kind of like, Britney's fine, all this kind of stuff. So I was like, like that. So there is, uh, it's just a crazy story. Um, yeah, that is one of those things that's so fucking dark when it gets into how she was, oh, sorry, yeah. exploited by her family and how people, including her sister, as Britney herself says, profited from a place of enormous pain it is dark af and you were surely not the first nor last person right. who was told a certain thing you know on the dl about what was going on that we yeah. all understand well it's funny too untrue. it's funny too because it's like miley cyrus is a really good friend of mine and a, and a client of mine mm. and um there was a time when everyone was saying why isn't miley speaking up there's also a thing about when you're in that world, like you're seeing, you're talking to people who know it's like, oh no, Britney's fine. Like she's, I great, I saw her the other day. There was a lot of lying happening. So when people are like, why aren't celebrities standing up? Like some, most people don't know what's happening in each other's life and they're giving people privacy and respect. We had never seen something like this happen with a celebrity ever before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody knew that, that this could be as bad as it looks like it actually is, you know, or that we're learning right. that it is or what Britney's telling us. Um, but let's go into that at another time. We'll have a whole other podcast about that because I have a lot to say. I mean, I think that's the after show, but like, <laughs> Jamie Lynn, you can go fuck yourself. Sorry, I think she's a piece of shit. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. She's the devil. I'm so sorry. I love you. I, I still like Jamie Lynn and Britney follows. You're the one. I know she follows. Britney still follows Jamie Lynn, and apparently they're friends. We'll, we'll see what happens. Again, I don't know. I I give too many people the benefit of the doubt. I love people, and I just don't want to see the bad in people. Mm. So whatever. I mean, sometimes you don't want to see the bad, and sometimes the bad is just shown so many times yeah. over that it's like, what did the good feel like? Because all I can see is it. there's like a, a real big course correction. But it does um, sort of beg the question from a housewife's perspective is there a housewife for better or worse who you truly change direction? 
thinking about where you either started from a place of like this person's a piece of shit or whatever. And now you're like, wow, I've truly changed my mind about this person. Or you started from the position of really liking them. And the more you saw of them, the more kind of complications or whatever else happened, you were like, ooh, maybe I hate them now. Like, is there someone where you really feel like you changed your mind about Ugh. for whatever reason? That's such a good question, but I pretty much feel like all of my ones that I like love, I still love and I've loved them through the ups mm -hmm. and the downs. And even when people mm -hmm. like kind of show like a weird side to them, I still, I kind of get it. And I really think into this stuff and I end up liking them again. So there's no one that really stands out. Um, but this season on Potomac, honestly, like I went back and forth with liking Wendy a lot. You know, I come mm. from the place of like when everyone was saying like, Wendy changed so much this season. I'm like, I think everyone should change every season. Like season, we're all we're all growing constantly. You know, I don't want to be who I was two years ago. Like at the core, I always want to be the same person. But like, I don't know. I was that person that was like, if Wendy wants to come back next season as a nun, I would be like, okay, great. Wendy's a nun this season, and we're gonna deal with that. You know. So it's like, but but um, but with her, I feel like I'm still trying to figure her out. Um, but other than that, usually when I don't like someone at the beginning, I kind of don't like them all the way through. And then the same thing when I like someone. I'm one of the weird people that uh, really likes Lisa Rinna. I think Lisa Rinna's fabulous. I know Lisa Rinna also like casually in person and she's the nicest person in, in person. Very, she'll talk to everyone. She remembers everyone's name. She's like, whatever. But I think Lisa Rinna is fabulous on that show. I like good entertainment. Mm -hmm. My biggest thing that I get so angry about people like in the Bravo world is when people are like, get rid of so-and-so, get fire them. I'm like, if, we, if Andy Cohen fired all the people that you keep telling him to fire, the shows would be so fucking boring. Like, we saw that right. happen with Vanderpump. He got rid of Stassi. He got rid of Jax. They're both problematic, whatever. But no one watches the show now. It's a terrible show. Nothing's happening. It's like, I want Ramona Singer. Do I ever want to hang out with Ramona Singer? No. Is she? Do I relate to anything about her? No. But, like, I get why she's on a show like that, you know? It's like, I also think that this past season of New York, which was just, like, a dumpster fire of a season. Yeah, it was first, so first bad. But I, mm -hmm. I want to see Ramona come back, and I know she won't apologize. But I want to see if she acts differently after what happened this past season. So when everyone says fire Ramona, she doesn't deserve the platform anymore. I'm like, you guys, I want to watch reality TV. I want to see people go through the highs and the lows. I want to see them redeem themselves. And there's gonna be people who are just the villain. You know, like every show needs that. So I don't, I don't, I don't buy into that whole fire this person, get rid of them. Um, I hear you. And I also think, you know, it's one of the, if there's a 10 commandment to housewives, you know, honor thy villain, you know, like respect your villains. There are people who are here who you're not going to like. Some of you may thrive on disliking them, but understand that they serve a purpose on this show and without them. You know, I don't know where we would be now when it comes to VPR. I haven't watched a single episode of the season having nothing to do with a cast change. I just for whatever reason haven't been super interested in it. I've never do watched think... it. Really? I've never been like a big oh, really? I've never been like a big fan of it, but I understand the show and I understand that people are diehard fans. And I just kind of watched right. what happened when they got rid of like Stassi and Jackson, like those the, the show needed them, you know, they were whatever. I mean, I also think that, like, with VPR, there was an expiration date on this. Yeah, it was, no, 100%. It was a very specific cast <laughs> struggling, and then it's, like, a very specific cast no longer struggling, uh, dealing with celebrity, yes. and now it's, like, how much conflict are you going to have when all of you are married or in long-term partnerships and you have kids and 
you're no longer working at the bar and there's this person here who employs you in the sense of the reality TV show includes her title, but like, where are we with this? So I don't know what to do with that. With Ramona, I think there's a difference between like respecting your villains. And this is just a, this, we know this ride because we've been on it for so long. It's maybe no longer entertaining. We know that she will always bring conflict because she's, garbage she's like a, a stain on humanity yeah like just just as a light light touch like we know she's a monster it it is engaging to watch her have to grapple with the fact that on ultimate girls trip she's no longer able to just like walk over people because she doesn't feel like they're at the same level at her she's now on a show with people who are arguably more successful at housewives than she is more well-known so it's an interesting and smarter and funnier so it's like an interesting power dynamic in that sense but she's not she's what is what value is she bringing it's not enough to be a bad shitty awful arguably racist person (laughs) like yes and she yes and she is all of those things but i just binge watched ultimate girls trip and there would be no Excellent. show without Ramona. What would happen without Ramona? Oh my Ramona? God! There would, what would happen Anderson, though? But what would the are conflict? You fucking what kidding? would the conflict be? What would the conflict be? Like, where's the conflict? Everything. But would, are you kidding? No, I'm there not. There is so much conflict. No, Maybe oh. it was that was the all of the conflict was with Ramona. And Kenya, which, by the way, I've never understood Kenya, but now I'm like, wait, do I love Kenya now on this? On yeah, you do love Kenya. Yeah, I love, love Kenya. Kenya. You, do love on Kenya. you love Kenya. But she's a star. So here's the thing. Like, I have to say this to anybody who's rolling their eyes right now listening. I don't understand Ramona. There's nothing. I couldn't even sit through a meal with her. I Bad, bad, bad. But when I'm watching mm-hmm. TV, like, yeah, she's on the show for a reason. We're all sitting there with our mouths dropped. Like, did she really just do that? Like, Ultimate Girls Trip, I stand by it. That would have been so boring without Ramona. Because they all got along. Uh, They all got along. Okay, here's the problem with talking alternate universes. What would have happened without this person? What would have happened had the whole thing with Tom Girardi not happened? I would say that in both cases, Beverly Hills and Ultimate Girls Trip, you still would have had solid and in many ways, incredibly entertaining content because the casting was top notch. We will never know in the alternate universe what would have happened on Girls Trip if Ramona hadn't been a part of it and she maybe served a purpose for this first season. Maybe it's her goodbye from the Bravo universe. But like, we won't ever know that because it didn't happen. Because she's such a piece of shit, People are going to say, wow, what is that stench? Is that coming from that woman who does also sidebar happen to frequently shit on the floor? Like, yes. Are we going to talk about like the stench because she's present? Like, of course we are. But if someone, you know, one of the members of, as she would call it, the help, like if that if that had been cleaned out in the sense that someone had taken out the trash and this garbage mess wasn't a part of it would it still have been a good show i understand the perspective of i don't think so because she was at the heart of so much drama right now 
but she's also at the heart of so much drama because she's so obviously bad. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're we'll never know. It's like what would have happened if yada yada. We just won't. Here's know my thing, and again, right here, you just made a really good point. You have me thinking again, and you're absolutely right because I hate when people say that like, oh, without this one person, what would the show be? Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. It'd still be a fantastic show. Other things would happen. Mm -hmm. But okay, I'm obsessed with reality TV like you are, obviously. But my thing is, mm -hmm. is like, I think Ramona is such a good learning experience for a lot of people to watch and be like, yes. oh my God, I don't want to be. So I like Ramona being on totally, TV for totally the prime example of what can never be. I grew up in a very conservative white area. And there are mm -hmm. people who to this day that I know that I grew up with who still think I'm a good person. I'm not racist at all. And they really believe that. Maybe if some of them watch Ramona, they're like, holy shit, I've said some of the things that she's done. I've done a few things. So I'm very passionate about us actually growing as a society and learning. And I think reality TV, sadly, is one of the only places where people are actually learning and growing because we're watching real people. So getting rid of Ramona just, again, makes it seem like, oh, they don't exist. Ramona's exist all over the United States. Ramona's are mm -hmm. everywhere entitled women are point. everywhere so for me i'm like mm -hmm. i want ramona there my mom is the most fabulous woman in the world but she's a 65 year old white woman you know who lives in pasadena california i want my mom to watch someone like ramona on it to be like oh my god some of my friends act like her you know and it's like a reminder you get rid of all those people you're i don't know i think it's a great learning experience so hate me if you want but i feel like some of those people are good for being on tv you know um, I think that's such a good point. I also think it ties in with the idea that to have this kind of person on TV, to edit it in certain in a certain way, to um, build a structure where some of the stuff that she says is quote unquote entertainment and not have a counter to that or a chance to understand if there was any nuance to be extracted by, you know, said person's cast members or like an opportunity for someone to say, well, you know what, like I said or did this thing and and this is my response to it now, regardless of the circumstance and conversation. It's a really shitty thing to have this, you know, hole of despair that was the most recent season of New York and regardless of how many times it was dragged to not have the reunion and I've said repeatedly like I wouldn't watch it but like I've I as time has gone gone on I think I've shifted in the sense that I'm like you know what it actually makes the season worse to not have the reunion and just because yeah. people are talking about how shitty it is doesn't give you the excuse as like a network or whatever to try to hide exactly away after you created exactly it. like let it play through that bothered me so much and i'm one of those people i mm -hmm. thought the best thing about this season was ebony i absolutely loved ebony i loved mm -hmm. the conversations that she was having and i had so many people who were like i don't need to hear about that kind of stuff when i watch housewives it's an escape. I'm like, why does those conversations bother you so much? Like, I thought they, I wanted to see those conversations happen, mm. you know? So I'm with you. I think it really sucks that Bravo just said no reunion because they got so much hate. Again, they're probably listening to so many of the fans. Like, we hate this season. Just end it. Like, you got to play it through. Was it a bad season? Yeah, but I want to see them sit in a reunion and answer those questions. Even if Ramona walked her ass off the stage, and left, it would be like, okay, this woman is not going to say sorry. She's not going to own up to anything. She's not going to be like, wow, I watched myself on TV and I really did act horrible. Like, finish it out with a reunion. 
again, it's like when they just cancel people off the shows, nothing gets solved. This is reality TV. I want to see it play through. Well, it's also the difference between the idea of people including people like Ramona hiding behind the idea of quote-unquote cancel culture versus the idea of like you're being held accountable for very specific instances of behavior and sure is there a world in which we're living where people are afraid of being wrong expressing an opinion having a conversation because they are being afraid that they will in fact be canceled like that does exist there are people who are like you're not enough of of a a pure example of X, Y, and Z that I'm no longer going to listen to or respect you. And that is every person's right to feel a certain way or whatever else. And we're talking about sort of like the nuanced side conversations. There is also the idea that in this like well of shit, which was the last season of New York, we learn things about people that shows an element of growth. Like Sonia can be a complete fucking chaotic mess, which she was at Black Shabbat. And also the same person who can say, I think really nuanced and educated perspectives when talking about race. I would not have known that Absolutely. watching this season. That part about this season with so- Sonia blew me away. I mean, she had me in tears mm. at one point. You know, the way that she was mm-hmm. acting with Ebony, I thought it was beautiful. So I thought there were a lot of beautiful moments, um, but I think that uh, there were a lot of bad, but I think it sucks that they didn't do the reunion. But I really do stand by, I think, if for anything else, keep Ramona on the show as an example for certain people to never be that kind of a person. Those people exist, so we should see them on reality TV. Like, and he, wait, here's the other thing, really, really quick, because people say when I'm giving eyes, I'm giving eyes. When they when they want to get rid of a person, like they're like, fire Ramona. She shouldn't have that platform. Okay, here's the thing, Ramona. The platform, what you take your platform from reality TV, you take a platform, you go out to your audience and you try to have other things like of ways of making money or whatever. People aren't mm-hmm. fans of Ramona. She doesn't have fans. Look at her. She's so- super fans. But look at her. But look at her so- mm-hmm. social media. Like no one's liking anything. No one's really commenting on anything. I think she's just like a big laugh. She's a big joke. Like keep her on as an example of what not to be. And again, I could be totally wrong. This is just, I'm just chatting. Um, I love, I'm just chatting. That's the new tagline of Andy's girls. Hashtag I'm just chatting. Make that a thing. Um, listen, there's so many terrible people. Why do we need one who also says things like as reported by the New York post as confirmed by Heather Thompson, but it's something to go on the record and confirm it that she did in fact say, this is why we don't want or need black people on the show that came out this week that it was confirmed according to someone who was in the room where it happened and it's like people I put that on social a lot of people are like well it's you know through the the perspective of you know Heather and and yada yada and it's like this is actually a very big deal for someone to say on the record that this thing happened and you can have terrible people who also don't say that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, if that, we, if that and is, how entertaining yeah. is it at a certain point, yeah. you can find other interest. Ramona has been on for 1500 yeah. seasons. And I think her, the time has come. If that is true. Yeah. That absolutely is a thing, but I think that they'd have to confirm it. And that is disgusting and vile. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that part yet. So that's gross. Um, so that changes yeah. my opinion on that. Get rid of Ramona. <laughs> Ramona so much I never want to see her on my TV ever again (laughs) well I also have to say that like 
you know, listen, we learned a lot about like maybe Sonia this season. Obviously, Ebony was a new housewife, so we got to see a part of her of her journey and her time on Housewives. And I think it's also what makes Ultimate Girls Trip so interesting because the reunion for many times is a, a chance for people to explain their behavior, maybe be held accountable, you know, maybe a light spiritual drag or whatever whatever happens happens, but it it it, it in many ways sometimes enables a person to change their mind based on new information and from a viewership percent viewership sense have a more layered perspective of someone and we look at ultimate girls trip and what i think is so powerful about it is because we are being given the gift the opportunity to see more of a sense of humanity in women who are otherwise a little bit of a caricature often on their seasons because they're considered all-stars because of that the power that they've accrued it's like a different environment and I think about Luann who has shown such a human humane um understandable empathetic side of herself on girls trip and we wouldn't have been afforded that gift had she been on you know having this kind of experience I think with her New York cast I think it's different no, it's absolutely. And I, God, I want to like, I want to have like five sleepovers a week with you and just talk all night. Because oh, we're going to. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I brought my sleeping bag. I die for these conversations. But okay, Ramona's so. inside. <laughs> I, um, I binge watched Ultimate Girls Trip this weekend. I feel the exact same way as you. I felt mm-hmm. like emotional watching it because I just loved mm-hmm. all these pieces that we got of people. And just like you said, I am like, a diehard like I felt this a part of Luann that I'd never felt before I'm in love with her mm-hmm. I love Kenya I love Cynthia mm-hmm. I love Teresa mm-hmm. you know we saw all mm-hmm. this stuff but then again what we were just talking about Ramona I hate her more than ever before I think she's like the, she mm-hmm. again didn't redeem herself at all but ultimate girl trip was absolutely fabulous seeing that side of all of them seeing them get to bond over like their experiences with reality tv and who they are in their cast and whatever. It was just, it was fabulous. And that's why I love it. I love those real conversations. I love seeing people mm-hmm. like open up. And um, so I just think it's fabulous. I hope we get lots more of those. And I hope they're smart about the casting. I think they, I, I mean, I look at it as um, I did an hour long Patreon with Christian Grace Snow, which you guys can listen to on the AG Patreon, only solely about um, Ultimate Girls Trip with a little bit of New York thrown in. And they seem to have done such a good job of casting, both with, like, the all-stars, which I know we're not, like, supposed to call it, but look at me calling it exactly that, with the all-stars where you go to the Fabulous Island, multi-million dollar mansion, like, she, 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 she. And then another cast goes to Dorinda's house in Massachusetts. And it's a different energy. We got some brandy there. We've got some Phaedra. We've got Dorinda. We've wait. got Jill. It's going to be maybe, I, I don't think I'm like speaking out of turn and saying it's going to be moderately to incredibly chaotic. And I like the idea of these two different universes. I think that should continue and be intentional. I think it's really kind of fascinating. I love it. I love it so much. 
Um, listen, Justin Anderson, I could talk to you about Housewives forever. We need you need to come back. I need to get your thoughts on on Potomac. I need to get your thoughts on um literally everything. I want to talk to you about Erica Jean for another seven to fifteen hours because it is my sweet spot. It is my safe space. I could talk about Beverly Hills while the day is long. Can you tell um the AGs uh, a little bit about you know what you're working on now? Are you filming? another show <laughs> is there anything that we can hear about that a little a little new adventure for you and your pal Kristen uh, I am honestly and I hate being that person because I'm not that person I'm, I'm a loud mouth I can't say a word about it um but mm-hmm. I I um Kristen and I will do cool things together um but um no. So I, I, right now I'm working on my product line, DP Hue. I don't do hair color anymore. I'm living in Nashville full time. Um, but all my products mm. are, we sell them everywhere. We're going international this year. So that's my focus. And then, um, yeah, there's other stuff that's in the works that will be fun that I'm excited about. <laughs> you know what needs to happen? I have only seen the first episode of Winter House because at a certain point, there's just so much fucking content. Have you watched Winter House? I feel like you have maybe. Have you not? No. So I am really good friends with Austin and Craig. I, I love them. They're really yes, good friends. Are. And I um I want to wait till I can kind of binge watch. So, but to be honest, okay, so I tried to watch the first episode and kind of like when you know thing, people yeah. in it, it takes the fun out of it. It does. Like, I just don't really want to watch people I know getting drunk and stuff, but I'll end up watching all of that. Um, I loved Summer House this past year. Fucking fabulous. Um, I've been a fan of Southern Charm forever. But once you start knowing people, it just feels different. You don't want to you don't want to watch as much, but I'll end up binge watching it. Um, It also becomes probably a little complicated because like one would potentially want to talk about the show with that person and what information is going to be revealed. It might, God forbid, worst case scenario, make the show itself less interesting. You know, yeah, you always think yeah. like, I want to hear the tea, but that's not that all, doesn't always deliver the kind of response that you're going to want to hear as an actual fan. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like when it was happening, um, like I remember I was I was FaceTiming with Austin a lot when they were in the winter house. So like I kind mm. of like heard the stuff that was happening. So I know pretty much what happened. So it's like when I, I don't know, I don't need to watch that show, which is fine. I don't need any more shows to watch. Um but I hear that it's it's fabulous and all the people on it are so great. Um, so and sick. they're filming Southern Charm right now. I wonder if Paige is going to guest on it, appear on it in any way, since she and Craig are in a little romance, a little it, yeah, it, dating switch. <laughs> it, um, it looks like it's happening. I mean, wink, wink. Like It seems like it is. She's down there quite a bit and they are fully together um southern charm like what direction is that gonna go in i mean i've been a fan of it since season one i've always loved it um but it got kind of weird this this last time they they put someone on that they shouldn't have full time (laughs) (laughs) gesticulating that's happening for this audio podcast unrelated to what you just potentially revealed um Isn't it wild when you think about this is the impact, you know, like what impact does Bravo have in culture? Jennifer Lopez ended her engagement with A-Rod because of a reunion reveal from Southern Charm. From Southern Charm. That is actually insane when you think about it. Insane that that kicked off. It didn't completely, but it 
kicked off a little bit of a whirlwind, a little bit of a tornado that resulted. Like, that's nutso. Yeah, it's nutso. But I think that the one common denominator in all of that is nutso. You know, and I think that that's just the problem sometime in life. You get, uh, there's one nutso that was, uh, had a loud mouth and all that kind of stuff. So, well, can I push back on that a little bit in the idea of like having personal relationships with people and that affecting your perspective or even interest in watching these shows because of that personal relationship? Do you still apply the respect your villains ethos, uh, understanding? in those situations in which you may have the benefit of more information or real time, real world personal interaction, like in the case of Madison, does that still apply? Does the idea of respect your villain still apply there? No, absolutely. And also look like I love, I, like I was saying, I love a villain. I love a loud mouth mm-hmm. person. I like an opinionated person. I am not a fan of people who talk to people who are in relationships. I'm just not. You know, I'm not a fan, even like, I'm not a fan of both parties, you know, both people, two adults Mm -hmm. coming together. But I feel like when, when somebody is openly talking to someone who's in a relationship, I'm just not a fan. I'm such a relationship guy. And so I'm not being judgmental, but I just think that (laughs) I just, I'm giving eyes. I'm giving eyes. I think that's a gross thing. I just think it's gross. I don't stand for that. That's where I would like draw the line. I'm like, that's gross. Like, Regardless, if you're like that person hit me up, it's like, yeah, but you're engaging, you know, and and then not only are you engaging, you're taking it further and trying to make it benefit for you. Everyone involved is gross is but that's just to me, that's a huge character flaw. Totally agree. And I would say in the words of Austin, Madison. it goes both ways in that little scenario but that's where we are listen justin i could talk to you forever where can people i know that they're already following you but how where can they follow you again on social getting more information about your product line and projects you're working on where can people go um i'm just just my name justin anderson on instagram and then my uh, product line is dphue so it's dphue and we're in sephora ulta Nordstrom, Amazon, dphue.com. Mm. It's also all my products take care of hair color in between salon yeah. visits and then all hair needs. So we're like, we, we focus on hair color, but we have everything to take care of all hair needs. I'm going to send you a bunch of stuff. Um, can you, I would die for that. Also, you're not seeing, I'm kind of like a fuck up today. Like we, we need to record again. I'm working on a office, <laughs> very different situation for recording. Things are happening. You need to see me with my like golden blonde moment with my beloved. You're fabulous. Clarice. You're fabulous. And with your personality, you could be wearing a bag on your head and you'd be fabulous. Thank but you. my thing is, oh is like, God, I, I want you to be really blonde. You are a blonde. Like your personality screams bright blonde. Mm-hmm. Like you are a blonde. I it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's, t- it's well, tied it back. I can't see it. Yeah. I need your, yeah, some. I need you to see. Uh, would I, and do you have anything for people with, because I have like curly, wavy hair. Do you, and you know, it's like, you don't want to do crunchy, but you also want it to keep form. Do you have anything for a variety of different hair textures and hair opportunities? Yeah, we cover all hair colors and hair textures, but I am about to come out with, and this is the first place I'm saying it publicly, but <gasps> in January, I'm coming out with a full line of styling products um, and they are out of this world. I have been working on it for years with my team and I am a freak about really good styling products. And so we have a full line coming out in January and they are the best. We have been going back and forth with our uh, with the chemist and production and all that. And they are out of this world. And so they're going to launch in January. I'm going to send you so much good stuff. You're going to die. Oh my God. We cover everything for hair. 
I and I require everything in every way. And you're truly providing it all. You're truly providing it all. It was so great because all my years in the salon, like when I was in there with all these women, Mm -hmm. I would hear every woman's complaint about her hair. Mm -hmm. So I was just always taking all these mental notes about what was missing from the hair world and what Mm -hmm. people really, really need. And so we've taken I've taken all of that and put them into different products that take care of all those specific needs. So all of our stuff is very, very specific. And once you find your routine within my line, it covers it covers everything. I am passionate about hair. I love it so much. And I think everyone should have fabulous hair. I love that. And guys, you know what I'm passionate about? Taking your money. Join the Andy's Girls Patreon. You get invites to exclusive Andy's Girls Zoom Key Keys bonus episodes. There are two new episodes out this week. One, a one-hour deep dive of Ultimate Girls Trip with Christian Gray Snow, which is an iconic, one of my favorite Patreon episodes of the year. Another, a Satchel of Gold Spectacular. Slide into my my thoughts. Uh, You'll do that too. Slide into my DMs on Instagram. Give me a follow at Dame Galley and let me know your thoughts about the Potomac reunion, the upcoming Orange County premiere, Salt Lake City, Jen Shaw on um, Hulu, ABC News, shenanigans, etc. Because all of that will be covered on this weekend's app and uh, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls, Instagram at Dame Galley. I think I've covered it all. Justin Anderson, a total pleasure. Oh my this God, was an so iconic fun. first episode. So More fun. to come. I totally die for you. Tell Kristen, um, I said hello random follower on instagram i really do enjoy uh i loved the e-show i have to tell you i just thought it was so surprising Uh like in some ways just really great entertaining time so i'm excited (laughs) for what you guys are gonna work on next you're gonna tell me everything about it and i'm in a special guest star in the meantime guys i hope you're all Staying safe, staying sane, getting vaccinated, boosted if you can, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.